Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. This was their finest. Hey guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Guys, this is part two of Coffee. If you yep. haven't checked out part one, go check it out. Yeah, why are you um, such a delinquent? Who yeah. jumps in at part two of a series? Right. Can you imagine how discombobulating, like... <laughs> Phase two of Marvel would have been. <laughs> I, actually, I guess phase two still made sense, right? Because phase two was still introducing characters we all recognize. Whereas if you jumped into phase four, I mean, people aren't. That's why they're making less money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, anyway. People got sleepy. So in phase one, we talked about, you know, kind of some of the legends around the origin of coffee, a little bit about its historical context mm-hmm. and, and different varieties. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we got to talk about the first most important part of what determines the coffee you're drinking, its different characteristics, the way that we actually pick and process the coffee itself. How do we turn these cherries into beans, baby? That's beautiful. Woo! Let's do it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. Okay, okay. <laughs> So we're back. <laughs> I've never been here before. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. Uh, a lot of the uh, knowledge that we have about coffee is on the brewing step. Because right. as consumers, that's kind of the part that we interface with the, the most. The right? cool guy, the tall hipster man with the polka beads. That's what we're watching yeah, him do. And it's beautiful. Yeah. An element of this that we know far less about as consumers is the upstream processing. You know, we know, okay, this shit comes off of a coffee tree. Right. But like, how does all of that work, right? Right. I just always like kind of vaguely imagine somewhere there's exploitation. Oh, yeah. And now I'm drinking it. Yeah. But, you know, when you go into hipster coffee places, you start seeing bags that are like, oh, this is Jamaica Blue Hill. Mm. Uh, Even at Costco, it's like, this is Sumatra. Why is it 50 cent more? I don't know. Well, it turns out the terroir for coffee really matters a lot, it right? Does, like yeah. the elevation is a big deal. Yes. You usually go coffee in hilly areas. Yes. Right? Yes, unless you're Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Brazil never really fully abandoned that whole giant <laughs> plantation exactly. thing. Yeah, so look. To understand the sources of kind of differences in heterogeneity in coffee, we have to learn about the step-by-step process. So coffee beans hang out inside of coffee cherries on right. coffee trees. We talked about this last time. Coffee trees can be planted on different kinds of land. Like Nathan said, traditionally hilly uh, with like natural shading and all kinds of stuff like that. And in those conditions, the fruit needs to be picked by hand because there's pretty much no machinery that's going to work out in a hilly environment with right. other trees and shit around. And a lot of what's going to matter in the next step is is how discriminating you are as you pick those cherries. Right. But in some spots, like definitely Brazil, yeah. but I'm sure other places, there are coffee trees that are planted much more in an ordered plantation style, and then you have mechanical harvesters that go through. And this matters in as much as you can't clearly distinguish cherries at that point, so you're just getting all the cherries. Right, and some of them are ripe, and some of them aren't ripe yet, right? And some of them maybe have like uh, been kind of munched on by insects a little bit. There's like all kinds of things that could have happened to cherries by the time that people are trying to pick them. And if you're right. going hand by hand... 
also depending on how exploited the worker is, somebody could really pay attention to only picking the ripest cherries. Yeah. Or it could be a machine and it just like literally is just grabbing everything, right? right. And there's that entire spectrum in between. Because obviously also a worker who's not being paid very much and is being heavily exploited and is very tired probably also does not give a supreme shit about whether or not they're picking like the finest of the coffee cherries, right? So there's this huge spectrum of what that quality looks like as it's coming off of the tree. Where the coffee is grown can also make a big difference. Right. The shade and elevation influences characteristics of the coffee, like how much sugar is in the cherries, how much time the beans have to mature on the tree before the fruit ripens. Right. Because there's kind of this interplay between the beans, the seeds inside, getting more and more nutrients versus the fruit on the outside ripening, over-ripening, and then starting to rot or falling off the tree. And everything. Right. And a lot of that has to do with temperature, which is where elevation and shade come in. Yeah. Higher elevations generally have lower temperature. Shade also has an impact on temperature. And so those are major variables, along with soil chemistry, which can also affect coffee quality and flavor. Coffee trees that haven't gotten enough water during their growth period can have, like, fucked up beans that are, like, kind of shriveled up and not very good. Right. And so when you try to make coffee with them, they have these kind of, like, fishy phenolic flavors. And so normally... Mm. So then you sell it as fish oil. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's you make how it you work. sweet... Every yeah. part of the buffalo. Yes. You got to extract all the value you can. Right. There's omegas. Oh, shit. But okay. So... That can also happen if you use beans from, like, over-ripened cherries that have, like, fallen to the ground already and stuff okay. like that. So, but let's presume, yeah, everything's worked out this growing season. Mm -hmm. uh, you have picked your cherries yes. or machine processed them. Yep. Whatever. We'll figure that Yep. Uh, how do we process them? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Right. So the first way to process them is right. called natural or dry processing. This it, is what those monks did in Ethiopia. It's, it's probably the oldest method. Right. Okay. Basically, you pick the cherries and you lay them out to dry in the sun for a bit, turning them frequently so that they don't get moldy on one side, right? And they dry something in, like, the neighborhood of three weeks, okay? Once they've dried, they kind of look like a raisin or something like that. They darken really considerably. Right. And you can put them into a machine or you can like rub and squeeze them to basically get the flesh of the cherry off of the bean. Right. right? They've kind of dried up some so you can kind of squeeze the bean out. And that's the green coffee bean. Inside. Right. Well, I was thinking like, why don't you just eat the flesh, I guess. But then I was like, well, it's been out there for three weeks now, I suppose. So that's stupid. Yeah. But then I was thinking about it. I'm, that's not, the I'm not entirely sure that the flesh would be bad to eat. Right, right, right. It, it could be okay. Like just like between yeah. raisins and grapes, raisins have a tendency to concentrate the sugars that are in there and right. like have sugars complete processing right. during that. So raisins are typically sweet. I think coffee cherries can be edible at that yeah. point, technically. Okay, so um, I think kind of logically, this natural dry process happens in dry places. Right. It needs to be hot and dry. Humidity is not your friend. Okay, because it can lead to rotting or moldy cherries, and so that means that in places that are hot and dry but have unpredictable weather it can also kind of sink an entire crop basically right because if a rainstorm blows in all of a sudden that basically ruins all the coffee that you were drying there can be some inconsistencies in the final product from the natural uh dry processing and it kind of depends on how careful you were in the hand picking before doing this right. dry processing and the reason for that is that you can kind of tell the difference between ripe and unripened coffee cherries like the really ripe ones are still on the tree, but they look kind of like wine red. Like they're kind of this dark red color. Right, okay. 
as they are lighter and lighter red, they're less and less ripe. So you can see the difference when they are kind of on the tree. Okay. Once you pick them and start drying them, they all turn into like a raisin color. Right. Regardless of what they were at the start. So you can't really tell the difference between them once they're dried. And so that means that if you didn't do a good job up front, you're more likely to have beans at the end that came from unripened ones. And beans from unripened coffee cherries often have kind of a dry, papery kind of flavor. And a pretty small number of them can actually ruin like a full batch of coffee. Like okay. off flavors in coffee can ruin an entire batch much more easily than you'd expect. Yeah, I've noticed, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I got some coffee from McDonald's that oh. had like, they clearly put just like a little bit of Big Mac in there. Yeah. And just a little bit of Big Mac really ruined that coffee. I know. Man. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I actually did get uh, a coffee from McDonald's recently where like, it was an iced coffee, black. Uh -huh. And they put like, I don't know what the lady did, but she put the exact right amount of ice to be utterly melted by the time I could drink it. <laughs> like, like, like. Wow. It was like, perfectly brown liquid yeah right? like it, wow it was so bad she nailed it it was amazing um did you know that you can buy a bag of ice from mcdonald's oh no i didn't you can go to the drive-thru and be like i'd like to buy a bag of ice and they'll be like it's a dollar 25 and then you'll go to the window and they'll hand you like a bag of ice How, how'd you know that tiktok <laughs> <laughs> You know, Sean's been really into thirst traps I, on TikTok. I, I learn a lot. <laughs> I learn a lot from them. Sean's been watching this male lumberjack cut wood. Oh, he's so good. What's his name for the viewers? It's like Thor Sexy Man or something like that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't actually remember. Uh, Thor Bradley. Thor Bradley. Thor Bradley. I think so. But That's a crazy God name. Damn, he's hot. <laughs> Holy shit. The way he busts open that wood. <laughs> I oh gotta look this guy up. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and it is like, so clearly a thirst trap. Yeah. But like theoretically not for me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah. conceptually heterosexual. Anyone who doesn't know you. But, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> like, the dude's hot. Like, what are you supposed to do? Anyway, okay. I'm trying not to be fixated on that. So yeah. we got to move on. I'd like to on. see his thumbs push into an overripe cherry and we get got, the flesh off. We got to move on quickly. God, <laughs> uh, oh, there's a lot of flesh in this cherry. Got to get the bean in the middle. Uh, I got to show you one of these oh, videos. It's a little You're going to totally understand where I'm coming from. Okay. So, um... Natural processing right. tends to concentrate the sugar from the cherry, which can lead to a sweeter cup of coffee at the end of the day, along with more fruity flavors. I think all of that makes sense. Do you like that at all? No. I like, cannot stand sweetness in coffee. Well, I do like sweetness in coffee when I put in the sweetness and right. I control it, uh, but I don't really like fruity coffee. Have you ever tried this method? Yeah. Wow, okay, and, and so it was a little sweet, huh? Yeah, so uh, dry processing is probably the second most popular method of processing. That makes sense. So you'll actually... But it's still a lot less popular than the first most popular, right? Yeah. I don't feel like I've ever had it. <laughs> you might have had it. Oh, really? It's not always mentioned, like, prominently on Oh, thing. okay, okay. Cer certain beans that you'll get, they'll be like, oh, this is, like, this kind from Ethiopia, and Ethiopia is a place that does a lot of dry processing Okay, stuff. interesting. So it's not always that fruity. Right, it's fruity-er, yeah. but like this is all within the context it's coffee. of coffee. It's coffee and it's like, bean. A lot of the it's flavor, I, I guess I should say, all the flavor notes I'm talking about here are from like professional coffee tasters where like their whole job is to find out the minute differences between coffee. Right. Most of these taste like coffee. Right. Plus, oh, it's a little bit fruitier, you know. Okay. It's a little bit okay. sweeter, okay. right? That kind of thing. That's true. They always have the words on the bottom of the bag mm -hmm. of like what I'm supposed to taste. Yeah. And it's just like not at all what I'm tasting. Yes, yes. Those the notes, smell although... sometimes. Sometimes I get it in the smells though. Sure. For me, uh, acidity is something I notice very starkly between yeah. coffees. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. In any you case, you know what's real bad is French roast. Why does oh, yeah. anyone do it? 
Because then you burn the fuck out of it. I know. It's all Like, why? <laughs> you got to burn that fucking shit. It's just like a pyro. <laughs> well, actually, so that's that's <laughs> episode three. That's episode three because that's right. a roasting technique, right? We'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a break. It's bad though, right? I want to hear you say it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's awful. I like medium roast. Objectively. Probably. Everyone agrees. I don't know. <laughs> People need to stop doing it. <laughs> Is it just cheaper? Like, I, why does that happen? We gotta wait until episode three because I literally have not looked it up. That's yet. gonna be December. I know, but you gotta wait. Okay, okay. okay. You're the. You guys are going to Korea. That's true. I'm just it gonna be here us. working my fucking job. It is. It is <laughs> like on a us. Sucker. Anyway, it's true. All right, <laughs> let's take a break. And when we come back, I'm gonna be calmer, and we're gonna talk about <laughs> wet processing. Okay, let's wet process. The following is an actual advertisement. Hey guys, Stacy Sung here. My mother-in-law, Natalie Sung Allen, has just written a book called Jack and Tito. It's a children's book and it's available on Amazon. Centered around two friends, Jack the Snail and Tito the Seagull, this is a joyous and ultimately poignant story that will resonate with any child or adult who has experienced love and loss. It's a wonderful book with wonderful illustrations by artist K.P. Singh. And I hope you check it out. Jack and Tito, a story of friendship, sacrifice, and a life well lived. Available now on Amazon. All right, so this is like what us, us people in modernity, modern man... This Brazilian plantation, we, we're probably wet processing, huh? Yeah, yeah. It is the most popular way to process yeah. the coffee cherries. It's awesome as it beans. uses a lot of water yes. and then dumps it. Yes. Like, yes, it uh, you know, I actually went to a plantation in um, Costa Rica, uh -huh. and it was really interesting, the tone of the tour guide, because he was like, yeah, we wet process all this stuff. We wash it all out, and it's very ecologically damaging. We... We just dump it straight into the river. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man. Yeah. It's just like, he was like, you know, we we exploit a lot of Panamanians. Yeah. And now that we're middle income, we take Nicaraguans and use them. It's very exploitative. And I was like, this is very... He's very inclusive in the bad things he's saying about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. It's kind of refreshing. Yeah, it um, really was. Yeah. It would be like going to a Holocaust museum in Germany where they're like, we... We killed a lot we of We murdered a lot of we Jews. We did it. <laughs> we really did. We still do. You're like, wait, what? He's like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you read about Anne Frank? I killed her last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when we read the news article, Anne Frank's diary, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> All right. It's a very strange tone. Well, making light of a very serious topic. But it's, uh, it's Petri dish. It's okay. Um, so... <laughs> Um, All right, so look, so, you're right. Yeah. It uses up a lot of water. And that's actually one of the big benefits of dry processing right. is, uh, sure, maybe there's some inconsistencies. You got to be really careful. It's got to be very dry, but it doesn't use very much water. And so in some places in the world, first of all, water is not very accessible. Right. You have to do it anyway. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's much better for the environment. And in pretty much everywhere in the world, there's not an overabundance of fresh potable water. Right. So like, you know, that's basically. Right. We had mentioned Yemen earlier. Yes. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. You know, a lot of their water goes into producing the narcotic gat, right? Yeah, that sounds familiar. It's yeah. bad. <laughs> it's not good. Um, so. Can uh, you imagine being like, narcotic? 
human, <laughs> narcotic human. <laughs> Get the water of those narcotics. I'm, I'm not totally surprised. It's <laughs> kind of the way addiction and money works. That's true. <laughs> um, but look, so with wet processing, you can tell by the name there's going to be water involved. Okay. Right. And so since we're already using water, one way that we can use it is way up front. Okay? Yeah, this and that's is cool. When you first pick the cherries right, right off of the tree, right. you can toss them basically into a big vat. We're in a Brazilian plantation, let's say. Yeah. You, you had a machine. Right. You don't really know what you picked. Right. Throw it in the water. Right. All the shitty ones float for some reason. Right. They're less dense because their oh. coffee beans are either less mature. Yeah. And so literally just the whole thing is lighter so it floats up. Or they even had bugs. Right. In them. There are some bugs fucking them and everything, drilling holes in the coffee beans right. and doing all kinds of terrible right. shit. And in those cases, those also float. And so the ones that sink down to the bottom, those are the good ones. And all the floaters, you just kind of toss. You get rid of them. Cool. Okay. And so that's one way that wet processing can result in a more consistent product. All right. Is that you can filter out a lot of these duds early on. And then you take all those sinkers, you toss them into a depulping machine, which removes most of the flesh off of the bean. That's right? cool. So it rips off most of the cherry. And then those beans are tossed in some water and yeah. allowed to ferment for a little bit. All right. And that fermentation, usually between one and three days, breaks down any remaining flesh that's kind of on the beans. It also produces these kind of acidic notes into the coffee. Yeah. The beans are then dried. And then they're good to go to get scored and sent to the roasters or, you know, I mean, you, typically they get hulled and polished first. But, like, the main point is, at that point, you have your green coffee beans. You know, I think I'm going to try to, I've been thinking about writing short stories. Uh, and I've got one idea already. It's called Chino Churros. Okay. It's about a guy who quits his airport job because he realizes he's never going to make it as a screenwriter. Oh. And he might as well just do something that he vaguely enjoys. Uh-huh. And he opens a churro stand on a street corner in L.A. And, um, you know, he's closed despite being normally open hours. And a guy comes and he's like, I want a churro. And he's like, I'm closed. Uh, There's a dead body right there. And there's a dead homeless man who he used to give free churros to sometimes, but had a heart attack and died there. Yeah. And so he's waiting for an ambulance to come. Yeah. And the other guy's like, come on, man, give me a churro. Like, you have the machine on. Yeah. And he's like, there's a dead guy there. Yep. And he's like... Like, if you don't give me a churro, I'm not coming back tomorrow, all right? Oh. Like, give me a churro. And he's like, fine, I'll give you a fucking churro. So they eat churros as they wait for the ambulance. Yeah. They talk about some stuff. Yeah. Uh, my other idea now that I just had is called Thumbing That Cherry. Oh, so and it's about a guy much. like Thor Bradley. Yeah. Whose whole TikTok thing is just, like, cleaning cherries with his thumbs. Yeah. And then, like, wet processing cherries. Sure. It's all, and it's like, oh, man, some worm got in this cherry. <laughs> you could tell it's lighter. Uh, you would make a shitload of money if you did that on TikTok by the way I'm just letting you guys out there know because there is an entire genre of videos that are just about popping pimples and so I guarantee popping cherries open coffee cherries with some like big strong thumbs and of course it could be normal cherries too Sure, you could you, you could, could even it up. you could even sometimes do just like a stock of a like a like um like celery. So you sure. thumb oh like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, and then you get like the strands pulled apart. You should do that. You could literally just, just take see. A, you could take a peach and just like tear it in half. I'm like a little horny. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a long digression. Um, I didn't even know you liked churros that much because I mean obviously that's like semi autobiographical, right? Like yeah. That you were just well, doing. no, no, <laughs> shut up. Fuck you. <laughs> You're not my shrink. I think you can make it. I think you I can, can make it. a stand. <laughs> no, well, you know, I always, uh, I thought it would be really funny to do a churro story from a time in Korea where I went to an amusement park called Everland. Uh-huh. And there was a really popular churro joint there that was just like 12 young, pretty, very disinterested Koreans mm-hmm. and one bespectacled looking nerd manager just desperately trying to make enough churros. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I thought that was really funny. That's beautiful. And I always thought that'd be a really funny TV show. Would be like the churro stand in an amusement park in South Korea because yeah. there's like kind of layers of yeah. Incongruity there's a lot in there. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just like you know. I've now successfully ran an unsuccessful script in Korean. It's like really not useful for me to ever do, <laughs> let alone a TV show about it. It's like so you comically worthless. <laughs> um, uh, but a churro stand in LA as a short film or as a short short could actually be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay, so we're going to get back to the fact that we're recording a podcast episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do that uh, by like we, getting into the last, the last one was so short, we got to keep this one. <laughs> I, I, I want to keep this. Because yeah, people haven't gotten enough digressions. I don't, I don't want people to decide, coffee yeah. episodes. Stacey, do not delete that. I thought it was great. Yeah. It's just, I don't have a good segue back into the like, episodes. So our just... Louis C.K. one was not good. It's deleted now. Yeah. Stacey, it's deleted now. <laughs> and, but I don't want you to delete me talking about it. Because I want them to know yeah, that yeah. we had a Louis C.K. digression. That is true. That is <laughs> that true. was not good enough. Yeah, and got deleted. Yes, yeah. Some <laughs> things are left on the cutting room floor, ladies and gentlemen. I know listening to it, it's hard to tell. That there were things removed. Can you imagine if Stacey just did like a 14-hour compilation of everything that's ever been cut? <laughs> it, would be, it would be pretty rough. It would be interesting to think of all the things that we still find funny and just like the 13 straight hours of shit that's just not even remotely humorous to us anymore. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely going to be some of that. Okay, so look. Wet processing, like I said. And she should just keep all the verbal tics. <laughs> yes. It should just be two straight hours just be like... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Especially okay. early on, there would be a lot of that. Okay, so wait. So where where we left off was some cherries. The bad cherries float, and the, we moved past that. Already. The good cherries sink. <laughs> Look, the the <laughs> no. We already talked about. Hey, you, just, you toss them into a deep pulping. You toss them into a deep pulping machine that removes a lot of the flesh. Yeah. You po- toss it in like some a deboner. T- yeah. A deboning machine. Yes. You throw the chickens in, and the ones with salmonella float. <laughs> and the, the are good ones sink. Are you still stuck on the floating thing? I just feel like cool. It's not even the depulping stuff. It's just, it's like, it's amazing that a machine can do that. Like, not even a machine, really. That, like, just, just like a, a tub body of water. Of water. Yeah. <laughs> like, ever since Archimedes, I think humans have been fascinated by tubs of water. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's something about it, kind of like caves. How, like, anytime that there's a cave, somebody's like, I want to go in there and fuck that cave. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's natural. Are you going to watch, like, any of the 15 things about that Thai cave rescue? I didn't even I think know. It's a big no for me. <laughs> I, I have I have long since forgotten that that existed, but yeah. now that you mention it, okay. maybe. Okay. Anyway, um, all right, Sean, shut up. So look, <laughs> I'm a depulping. Yes, and once you've torn off most of the flush, you toss yeah. those beans into some water yeah. and you let them ferment. That fermentation process needs to be controlled, okay? Because right. you can definitely over-ferment the beans and they yeah. get real stinky and weird. Yeah. And then you'll have a lot of off flavors and too much acidity, and you won't like it, okay? But because there's a pretty solid process for removing those shitty cherries at the very start, you'll at least get pretty consistent results from wet processing. Okay. And it uses a ton more water, like we said, so that can be both an economical problem and an ecological problem. All right. So that's something to think about. Wet washing typically results in acidic coffee with a clean taste, so not too much in terms of fruity flavor, unlike from the dry processing. Okay. Okay. So then now let's talk about Honey processing. All right. Okay. This does so, not actually involve a lot of honey, right? It doesn't involve any honey. Yeah. That which was, like, was confusing to me. I, re- I reread your notes on it like six times. Yeah. Because I was like, I know I'm only hitting every other word. I, I could have. <laughs> One of them must be honey. <laughs> I could have sworn when I read honey processing before yeah. I looked into it. I was like, so they smear the coffee beans with honey or some kind of right, shit. Right, right. And then like let that do Fossilize, some bullshit or like yeah. whatever the fuck, you know, honey does. Um, but no. 
Honey processing is like a hybrid between dry and wet processing. Basically, you start out like wet processing. You can do the little floaty thing. You depulp the beans. But while you're depulping, on the machine, you change the settings so that the machine basically does a shittier job. Yeah. So it doesn't remove very much flesh. It mainly, like, fucks up the flesh of the cherry, right? It'll, like, tear it up. It'll, like, you know, leave a lot on the bean. And apparently when you do that... And you kind of leave the cherries for a little bit. So, like, they're all kind of fucked up. The beans in there, you let them start drying. During that drying process, a lot of the liquid turns kind of honey-like yeah. on the beans. Okay, so that's why it's called the honey method. is because as it's drying, it dries into a honey kind of consistency with the flesh all stuck over the beans. So you let them dry out in the sun. It's Again, like the dry processing, it's got to be in dry, not humid conditions. But if it's dry enough, the flesh will dry quicker than a normal dry method. And that's because you ripped off a, a good amount of the cherry meat, right? Like some amount of it. So it's less to dry. And then it'll still have a lot of that fruity flavor, some sweetness, more so than wet processing. Uh, and you can let it dry to different degrees. You can let it go to yellow honey, red honey, black honey levels. And that's all how much oxidation has happened over how many days have you let it dry. So it ends up with a flavor profile that's somewhere between dry processing and wet processing. It uses some water, but not quite as much as wet processing. It's kind of this in-between spot. And people are still kind of tweaking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like relatively new. And so people are working it out. They're trying to see what kind of fancy flavors they can get. Right. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hit our last two ones. Anaerobic, which is the kind of most recent, fanciest version of coffee processing. And then we'll go the other direction. Yeah. We'll do the dirtiest, Ow natural, nastiest, Ow natural version yeah. of civet poop. Yeah, so good. All right, let's take that break. Hi, guys. My name is Donatello Iglesias. If you're like me, you have glands. Stinky glands that smell so strongly of raw onions and whale meat that no one is willing to listen to your brilliant ideas. But you're chock full of them. If only you could overcome your corpse-like odor, you could change the world. Well, luckily for you, there's musk, a new cologne line harvested directly from Elon Musk's own glands. Research has shown that his natural odor connotes so strongly with success and brilliance that it can overcome nearly any display of utter narcissism and egomania. Smell like musk? And investors will support you even as your self-driving cars kill people. Get a whiff of musk, and wafer singers will bang you, even as you name your children Total Martian Garbage. Do you want to smell like genius, wealth, and a wet rat? Get some musk cologne today. All right. All right. Yeah. That's enough breaking. Oh, shit. All right, so anaerobic processing. We know that means there's no oxygen here. Yes, sir. It's like anaerobic exercise. You can't breathe. You're not allowed to. So you go... Yep, you gotta that's hold That's why they make your... those sounds. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's good. why the gym bros got them grunts going. Not breathing. That's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, anaerobic fermentation is when you let the fermentation go without oxygen. But in wet processing, the fermentation step we do there is aerobic. There yeah, is oxygen, oxygen around. Yeah. yeah, it's just like a fucking tub of water out there, right? That's pretty different to how we might ferment something like booze or something like that, right? And right. We, we did all those episodes, both about booze and about fermentation, and in a lot of that, the processes were anaerobic. So I guess what happened here is some hipsters were like, hey, yes. we do anaerobic uh, fermentation with all these other things that we love. Yes. Well, what happened if you did it to coffee? Exactly. That is exactly what happened. So right. using the same technology that you might use to brew beer... 
what they do basically is they will go through the same steps in wet processing. They'll let them float a little bit. They'll take them, they'll depulp them, and then they'll toss the beans into a big vat. And then they'll also toss some of the pulp on there because the pulp has sugars in it. That's going to allow for the fermentation process to work. Right. Uh, And then they dump in some, some water basically seal up the vat and then pump in a bunch of CO2 and using a kind of gas outlet, let out all of the air. Okay, that's pretty interesting. So at that point, you got a bunch of carbon dioxide in there, no oxygen anymore, and you let it ferment for about a day. Okay, so I could see the appeal. I mean, just like with all sorts of other things we ferment, that's a lot more power than just like things sitting in an aerobic or uh, yeah, an aerobic environment. Right, it's a lot more power and it's a lot more control, right? right. And that's one of the things about making beers because you can make beer in kind of more of a wild setting, right? right. But and it's probably going to be a piece of shit saison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot there's of like saisons suck. Yeah, yeah, there's like a lot of. Bad and ones. so that's the thing is that you can have a lot more control if you have this closed environment. You can do things like you can control the pressure. There's some things uh, people are looking into where they say, oh, maybe the pressure kind of dictates how much flavor the coffee absorbs. That's interesting. But then there's also all kinds of questions like, can you start tossing in other things during the fermentation process? Right. To kind of be in there, flavorants or other stuff. Right. How much pulp do you put in? And there's so, so this many is other, very early. Very so early is, on. This is the next frontier of coffee production. Yes. You can find it now, as in there are places selling anaerobic fermented coffee and you can google that shit and you can buy beans from them but it is early on and they're still tweaking a lot no i haven't i haven't yet but it sounds fun i guess i would do it you should try it maybe in between maybe in between this episode and our third episode hilarious we can drink some anaerobic well you know i'm gonna come home three weeks before or five weeks before stacy so i'm gonna eat steak and wine with tom and tyler love it which you should finally you should join us sure you should figure out a night where you can because they they're dying to talk to you yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then otherwise, I'm going to cry and play video games. Uh, I like that. It's not in work, so I don't, you know. Yeah, we you're should, very we good. should drink coffee. We're going to drink coffee. We're going to hang out, buddy. We're going to hang out. It's going to be good. Yeah, Even yeah. when we're not recording, we can still hang out. So you got to keep Lord of the Rings Virgin until then. Oh, you want to watch it with me? We should just marathon it one day. That could be fun. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's no more than 10 episodes. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, because that's too long. That's too long. That's to a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so that was anaerobic. Let's move on to our final one, civet poop. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so coffee luok, right? Yes. Or um, kopi. That's just the word for coffee, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. so kopi luok comes from civet poop. It's pretty famous for coffee aficionados, but for people who don't know. What are we talking about here? Yeah, so Kopi Luwak is a coffee that is brewed from beans picked out of civet poop. And to back up a little bit, what What's are civets? Civet? Yeah. Civets are mammals that look kind of like cat weasels. They're kind of cute. I think they're I think they're cute. Africa, I think most famously Southeast Asia in this case though, right? Yeah, so there are palm civets in both Africa and Southeast Asia. Then they're called African palm civets and Asian palm civets. Right. Uh, both of them will probably eat coffee cherries because yeah. there are coffee cherries in both those spots. Right. Um, Especially if you hit them. You say eat it. <laughs> so the, what, what happens is that they will eat the coffee cherry. They will digest the coffee cherry flesh because that's a fruit. And they don't digest the bean. And the bean gets pooped out. Right. And there are a number of explanations for why Kopi Luwak would exist as a thing. I mean, the primary one is that's awesome. <laughs> but, I, but that's, of course, not the reason it started because we didn't know it was awesome. Right, right. It's, right. How did it get started? Right? right. Because, like, once it tastes good, then right. many people will try it out. Right, right, right. right. But... 
What I've heard is that in the 1600s... Whereas things like Dairy Queen have the opposite problem. <laughs> you can understand why it was invented. But now that we have it in its yes. bag... Why is it still here? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> what is happening? Um, in the 1600s, a Dutch governor in India sent an Arabica tree to Indonesia, which was also under the colonial rule of right. the Dutch. Right, And the Dutch started cultivating coffee right. there. The Dutch were kind of maybe the great innovators of the plantation model that we have today, right? The Spice right. Islands. Right. A lot of our spices came from then. Certain forms of chattel slavery were helpfully yes. innovated by the Dutch. So they, they were definitely exploiting local farmers, but sometime in the 1800s, the Dutch decided to kick it up a notch. I think some things were happening with them economically. and like It was, it was a hard time times. for yeah. the Netherlands. And so they were like, okay, we need to institute a rule so that all of these Indonesians that we're exploiting for this coffee can no longer take a portion of their coffee crop to use for themselves. Rude. Yeah, because, like, obviously the farmers were like, we're working super hard. We just want a we cup of coffee, coffee to, like, man. help us out. And so there's this rule that was instituted saying you can no longer take any of the coffee for yourself. Yeah. And so the farmers in the right. story basically started picking beans from civet poop. Right, which at first you're like, well, that's a boner kill. That's, That's a, it seems depressing. like a bit, yeah, the whole story's a bummer. But, yeah. turns out this coffee's better. Apparently, Kopi Luwak had a very, very smooth taste. It's not apparent to me. When I was in Indonesia, I had Kopi Luwak. I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was excellent. Yeah? Yeah, and it was served to me by a live man, a very live, beautiful, slender Indonesian man who said, what Good. do you want? And, Good. And I said, coffee, and, and I thought about what I really wanted, but I didn't say it. Yeah. And just you gotta hold that in. Left. That's just for yourself. That's for myself okay. forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so if I died and became a ghost, I would haunt him. So what was, <laughs> so what was so good about Kopi Luwak? Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's what people say. It's just like a really nice, smooth coffee. It's actually a lot of the silt was left in it, but uh. it was, didn't matter because it's just like a very pleasant, relaxing drink. Which is to say that like sometimes it's not the kind of coffee I would want, right? Like sometimes you want like a little bit more umph to your coffee, mm-hmm. but it was like. I don't usually actually enjoy hot coffees. Uh, I yeah. usually just drink iced, smashing yeah. the face stuff. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of coffee that was like really excellent for sipping. Yeah. So it's pretty pricey. Yeah, it's quite expensive. Yeah. And uh, as with many commodities that are expensive, there are a lot of fraudulent beans that are sold as Kopi Luwak but are not Kopi Luwak. Right. And then there's also a lot of cases of animal cruelty where the civets are kept in small cages and force-fed coffee yeah. cherries. Yeah, you need to get free like- range. Luwak. Well, so, there's a lot of variability in opinion on Kopi Luwak. Some people saying that it doesn't taste that good. Other people say that it tastes great. Some people say that legit Kopi Luwak from wild civets right. is the good stuff, but caged civets have, like, bad guts because they're upset right. all the time. Well, let's and then, use like, some science to figure this out. What could possibly be happening that would make civet poop coffee different, really? I mean, what everyone says, what I used to tell people, was that... The process of digesting it inside the belly of the animal somehow biochemically was active, right? Yeah, yeah. And Turns out, though. Well, so that's a very reasonable theory. I, I do right. want to say to anyone who has heard that and thought, oh, that sounds reasonable, you are correct. Right. That absolutely sounds reasonable. I mean, I know when I eat pasta and I eat what comes out. <laughs> it comes out different. My stomach was very Something bioactive. Something changed. <laughs> 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 I think it's the corn that changed it. <laughs> oh fuck! Wow, that is a oh boy. That's one of the ones you don't want to think about too long. You just gotta move on. Well, I like the positive. You given just gotta there. move on. So look, um, that theory that the digestive process changes the beans as they're passing through the intestine is fair but wrong. Yes, because as we've gotten better and better at analyzing the different chemicals in coffee beans with analytical techniques like 
uh, like licking it. LCMS, for example. What's that? Um, uh, liquid chromatography, mass spectrometry. So it is licking. Liquid. Liquid chromatography. <laughs> uh, okay. It's basically putting it through a column with a solvent to kind of separate out right. the individual so molecules. some fancy coffee scientist did this. Yeah. And then realized. Yeah, that largely... Yeah, that the digestive process doesn't really do all that much to the beans. And so for that to cause a huge difference in flavor seems pretty unlikely, okay? But there are other theories. Right. One theory is that civets are kind of picky in terms of what cherries they eat. They only eat the best cherries. Yeah, and that, like, you know, they're wild animals and they got their senses. Right. And so, like, maybe they're sniffing out the finest of the cherries. Right. And they're only eating those. And so if we were to then only use beans that they shit out, we're using the best beans. Because they're from the best cherries. Right. Okay. Now, some people know that more and more attention is being paid to picking good cherries okay that like maybe back in the 1800s sure that would be a huge difference right there's a huge difference these indonesians are being cruelly exploited by the dutch right how much do they fucking give a shit about picking the finest cherries off the trees whereas the modern coffee plantation worker is rich well and happy and unexploited so so many are exploited but <laughs> but there are kind of boutique ones right, right that, sure, that actually sure. try jamaica right? blue hills and so so that's the argument is that like the yeah. best the best quality coffee now right includes trying to pick the best cherries right and and whether it be a civet that has picked it or just a very well-trained human right that right. that might basically eliminate the difference between that coffee and Kopi Luwak. Why has no one ever tried to do the same thing but with people? Like like take the take the coffee beans out of their poop? Yeah. Some, someone definitely has. <laughs> you tell me some <laughs> Dutch dude. Someone's that right now. <laughs> you, you tell me there's not a Dutch pervert fucking in Indonesia somewhere that's like picking <laughs> through. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. What are you saying to me? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I eat the chairs and I eat my own cucumber and they get done with the coffee. What are you even talking about? <laughs> it's just frugal. What, what, what kind of interactions have you had with human beings here on all of your time on Earth that makes you think that that hasn't happened? <laughs> Isn't happening right fucking now. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, an, yet another theory suggests that most wild civet kopiluak, the good stuff, isn't from Arabica or Robusta cherries but might be from liberica cherries the right. kind of coffee we generally don't consume much right of. just because just it, it doesn't scale well yeah but it does exist in indonesia liberica trees were brought over to indonesia before the arabica trees were actually right. and so they have spread kind of naturally all over the island right and one reason those. yeah and one reason why they might is that they tend to have sweeter cherries than arabica and robusta oh. and so civets might naturally prefer them right and so one of the reasons why the the authors of this paper suggested that is that the beans from the sample of copy Luwak that they got right. look more like Liberica beans, which okay. are noticeably different looking compared to Robusta and Arabica. And so they're like, hey, look, maybe all of this wild stuff is Liberica beans. And that's one reason why the caged civets, why theirs actually taste different and shittier. Right. Is that actually they're being force fed like Robusta and Arabica beans. They're not eating the right stuff. Right. And so these authors suggest that any benefit or uniqueness of Kopi Luwak compared to other coffee is from a combo of civets being selective in what they eat and also them eating coffee we don't normally brew, the Liberica kind. Which, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? The jury's still out a little bit. This paper that I'm talking about was published like a year ago. 
And I'm sure it pissed off a lot of people, so like we'll see what happens with that. But at the very least, copy Luak, I think we shouldn't be mean to civets, okay? So if we're going to be drinking it, we should do it the nice way. Right. And just follow them around and pick up their poop. Don't don't be caging them and being mean about it. Yes. Free range coop coop papa. What happened? Would you <laughs> would you drink copy Nathan? Like what if it was really good and usually really expensive, but I'm your brother, so I would just give you some. My first instinct is to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, there's a big part of me that doesn't want that. Well, we you know have I mean? it on record, know, so it's okay. It's tough. All right, guys. <laughs> well, so now we are going to take a couple month hiatus. I'm yes. sorry, South Korea. Yeah. Um, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, but when we're back, we're gonna be in time for the holidays. Yep. You're gonna need a hot cup of coffee to get through Christmas. Yeah, it's gonna be good. We're gonna finish this coffee series. It's weird stopping part of the way through the series. I know. But I actually haven't written the notes for episode three, so like literally we cannot record it before they leave. So whatever. But after we finish the coffee series, right in time for Christmas, we're gonna talk about death, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we're gonna have a whole bunch of episodes. We're gonna have stuff. We're gonna do desalinization because apparently that's been highly requested. Yeah. Uh, I keep forgetting, so I gotta I gotta actually write that into our schedule. The Economist did a whole thing on neuroscience. And there's oh, yeah? a couple cool articles. There's this one cool article about like electrodes connected to a stent. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. should talk about that. Yeah, that was cool as shit. So we're gonna be talking about all kinds of shit. Talking about he was talking about using electricity. Oh, ACDC. Oh, to to just like bah, 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 the blood brain barrier. Oh yeah, well yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's cool. Electroporation. Man. That's cool. Okay, so look, guys. We're going to be coming back, and then we're going to be bringing you a lot of heavy-hitting episodes. Okay? Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to finally do our quantum episode. <laughs> I don't like all about quantum physics. It's going to be you being, saying quantum over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a shame that this is uh, this is an audio medium. Um, okay. So, guys. Yeah, they miss a lot of spit going in their face. There's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, we're going to say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. I hope she has a great vacation with you, Nathan, and mm-hmm. with the little baby. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brian and Griff, for art. And then, look, we got that email address. It's petridishpod at gmail.com. And at Dish Podcast is our Twitter handle. Did you just say dot com? Did I? Did you say dot com, dude? Sorry, you were, like, jacking me off down there. <laughs> 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 um... Uh, do I have to redo it or can we just keep it in dot com? Uh, well, <laughs> I just keep going. The, the email address is petri dish. Nope. Petri dish pod at gmail.com. Com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then at dish podcast is our Twitter handle and we got patreon.com slash petri dish. Mm. Yeah. See see. you guys in a couple months. Stay science. All right. Yeah. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Just a